let me tell you a story. So there was a man who lived during the gold rush era. And one night he has this dream. And in this dream, he strikes it rich. So the next morning he wakes up and he's super excited. Uh, he goes to the store. He buys all of the equipment that he needs. And he heads to the mines. He gets there and he's really motivated. So he starts to dig. And he digs. And he digs. And he digs. Day after day. Month after month. He just keeps digging. Well, one day he wakes up. And he looks around, and he realizes that he's alone. He realizes that it's cold and he begins to shiver. The ground is damp. The cave is dark, right? Without his headlight, he wouldn't be able to see his hands. So his mind starts to wonder and he starts to remember his life before he came to the mines. He remembers waking up in a warm house instead of this cold cave in a comfortable bed instead of a damp ground with a nice appetizing breakfast instead of the dull food and water that he's been accustomed to ever since he came to the to the mines so his mind begins to wonder a little bit more and then fear starts to creep in and his friend what if starts to whisper in his ear well what if he's wasting his time what if there's no gold what if a boulder falls on him what if he gets attacked by a wild animal what if he gets lost and can't find his way out? Will he die in here? So once he allowed fear to occupy his mind, that was pretty much the end of his journey. He gets up and he heads out of the cave. Well, on his way out, he meets a man who is also searching for gold. So he sells the man his equipment and he heads home. Well, the difference is the man who came in after him had hired an engineer to scout out and see where the gold veins actually were. And with that knowledge, he applied it to the task and starts to dig. And he dig, he starts to dig where the other man left off. And three feet later, just three feet later, he struck gold. And the rest is history. Now, this is a real story from a book. It's a real book. It's called Three Feet from Gold. And it's an amazing read, by the way. So... If you ever want to uh, have a good read, I definitely recommend that book. Now, everything that I said isn't in there because I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and get into the psychology of why he left in the first place. So there's quite a few lessons to be learned, right? How many of us are like him? In the beginning, when we have a goal, we get super excited. We're motivated and seems as if nothing can stand in our way. But see, that's just the beginning of the journey, right? How many of us after a short period of time start to lose that motivation and begin to revert back to the old comfortable us, the old comfortable waves that we're, that we're used to? Think about how many New Year's resolutions you've had. What about the one this year? How long did you stick with it? One day? One week? Maybe a month? Are you still sticking with it? It's so great job. Great job. That means you have more than motivation. You now have momentum. And that's really what you need once the motivation fades because it will fade. You can be motivated today and unmotivated tomorrow. So there's a stat that I saw. And it said almost 90% of people who start resolutions stop them by February. I get it. I've been guilty of that, right? Everybody that I know has been guilty of that. 
And we know it's, it's not because we don't want to finish them. It's really just because we're not prepared for them in the first place. We're not prepared for these goals, right? It's something that we wake up on January 1st and we're like, you know what? This year, I'm going to do this. This is my New Year's resolution. But by December of that year, how many of us are proud of the year that we just had? How productive were we? You know, the new year for most people is really just a time for them to get away from the past year. Right. As a matter of fact, January is the most depressing month on the calendar. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until I went and I just started doing some research. And um, they had this survey and they said that January was the most depressing month on the calendar. How many of you agree with that? I do. I think about that. Right. December is so exciting. But then we get to January and we're excited that first week. It's a new year. By that second week, it's like, man. And then it feels like January is like two months built into one. But what if we had a plan? Right. What if we follow that plan through to the end of this year? How will this December be? How do you think you will feel if you create a plan and just follow it? Maybe. Just maybe this could be a year that you actually don't want to end. Right. Remember, the goal does not have to be extreme. You can just start with one thing and just focus on that one thing for the rest of the year. So in the story, what you see, you see two people. You see one who had a dream and one who had a plan. So the dreamer, if you really look at it, he was careless and was stuck in the emotions of the moment. But the planner had a vision. The planner took his time. He did his research, created a plan, and then executed that plan to perfection. And then three feet later, from where the other guy stopped off, he's the one who struggled. Can you imagine being the first one? You know, but how many of us do that? How many of us, we get to a certain point and we just stop. You know, we feel like we're not going anywhere. So that's where... You know, the next lesson that I I really got from that story is that sight is really the nemesis of vision. It's it's, sight is the enemy, you know, especially when it comes to vision, because sight really only allows us to see what's in front of us. What do you see right now? What obstacles are blinding you? What are you allowing to distract you? Right. What's keeping you from becoming who God created you to be? You see, sight gives us the ability to see what's in front of us, but vision gives us the glimpse into the future. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. If you can, I want you to close your eyes really quick. Not if you're driving. (laughs) If you're driving, you're behind the wheel. This isn't for you. You got to wait. But if you can, close your eyes really quick. I want you to try to block out all of the noise. And I want you to think about something. That you have been afraid to do something that you have always wanted to do, but have allowed fear to occupy your mind to the point that it's starting to become nothing more than a wish. Do you have that in mind? Good, good. Now I want you to ask yourself, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? Right. Picture yourself trying to go up a mountain and you're halfway there and you're afraid of heights. But you know that you have to get to the top because there's something there that's waiting for you that you need to have. 
and you're halfway and you stopped and you're frozen in fear. Well, in that moment, if you could stay in that moment and say yourself, say to yourself, well, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? Well, you'd get to the top. Right. So I want you to have that mental picture. I want you to capture that. And that's your vision. That's that's you. Whatever you see right there in that moment, that's you. And some of us, we may not be able to see anything right now. That means there's, there's too many things distracting us for us to really focus. But if you practice on that and just get yourself into a quiet place, close your eyes, meditate a bit, you know, and try to see yourself, see the thing that you want to do that almost that ultimate you. What does that ultimate you look like? That's your vision. Right. If your eyes are still closed, you can you can go go ahead and open them. But God has given all of us that gift. Of course, I get this too. Some are in a much better position to act on it. But I told you of the slaves last week, right, who were in some of the most dire positions possible. And they were able to hold on to that vision of freedom. So what if Harriet Tubman was too afraid to leave slaves to freedom? What if the abolitionists, who a lot of people don't talk about, were too afraid to hide slaves along the Underground Railroad, knowing that if they get caught, they had everything to lose? What if Rosa Parks was afraid to sit at the front? Right. Martin Luther King was afraid to speak about the dream that he had. So what is our excuse? And I'm talking to myself as well. Right. See, those people risk their lives so that we can have a better tomorrow. But it still seems like today we are still in bondage. And I'm not just talking about blacks. See, that people want us to be divided, but I'm not talking about just black people or white people or Hispanics, Asians, middle class, poor, employer, employee. I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about if we are not trying to pursue our purpose, then we are nothing more than a slave to a purpose that is not our own, a narrative that has been created for us to follow. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, well, how long will we allow this to continue? You know, God gave us purpose and vision so that this wouldn't happen. And so we wouldn't just feel as if we are nothing more than a speck. Right. I had a client once whose whose brother um, crashed into the rail and he was driving 125 miles per hour and was able to walk away. And he told his parents, he said that he wished that he wouldn't have made it. You see, I got something else from that. A lot of people will look at that and say that he's tired of living. But no, what he's really saying is that he's tired of not living. Who else is tired of not living? See, if we are honest, if we are honest, then we all have allowed ourselves to drift. Right? Me included. I'm not... Talking as if I'm some guru, I'm talking to myself as well. So if I'm honest with myself, then I feel like I can be honest with everyone because I'm being honest with me too. We watch too much TV. We're too ingrained in social media, you know, really trying to get people to like us, spending hours on hours trying to create a narrative just so someone can give us a thumbs up. We're worth more than that. Right. I've seen people spend hours trying to get a video just right and will spend the rest of their time looking to see if anyone has viewed it. You know, we listen to the news nonstop, not knowing what's real and what's fake when they all have an agenda that they have to follow. 
you know, the news pushes us from one narrative to the other and back again without us knowing and but it's with our consent. So although we necessarily don't know, we're consenting to it. You know, I ask myself questions. Why are there only two dominant parties? Why are we so divided? Why is it that every four years we allow them to do the same thing, create the same chaos before the election and give us the same promises? Have you ever been in a house where the mom and dad are divided against each other? How well does that work out? It doesn't. I know from personal experience. Right. So is the purpose that you have, is it your own or has it been given to you? And I and I don't have enough time in this episode to dig into it, but, you know, we will in the future episodes. But if that's the case, if that's not the case or if that is the case, it's time to create that vision for yourself. You know, and the Bible says, write down the vision and make it plain. So when you close your eyes, what did you see? What was that picture? Write it down. We're visual creatures. We're, we're definitely visual creatures. So if you can find pictures that will remind you of that vision and try to look at it daily, look at it like, you know, older people look at the news <laughs> until it becomes a part of you. You know, once you see it enough, start making a plan and let God direct your steps. Right. And in, in the Bible, I remember reading, it said that many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's God that directs your steps. But he can't direct anything that he doesn't have. So we have to give him a plan. And by creating a vision, then we create a discipline for ourselves. We create a roadmap to get there. And that's the plan. You know, for me, I harp on the news because it's hard to watch the news, especially when you're trying to move in purpose and trying to do something with your life. Well, it's hard to watch the news because the news is depressing. And after you watch it, you feel doomed. You don't you do not feel informed. It's like purpose. What's purpose? The, the world is about to end. You know, so when you create a vision, like stay away from the news. Stay away from it. Trust me. Enough people around you watch it. So you always be informed. You don't. You don't have to watch it. You know, it, it 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 feeds into that negative part of us. And again, I'll get into that in, you know, a different episode. But you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And I'm talking about mentally. So I don't I don't care how old you are. What will you do with the time you have left? How will you be remembered? How will people remember you? As one who gave up or as one who gave life a shot and told Father Time, not today. Right? Vision makes life simple. And that's really how God created life on this planet to be, was just simple and straightforward. It's us that has made it difficult, not God. You know, we like to blame God, but it's not God. We make things difficult. You know, I, I was telling y'all last week when God told me to make this podcast, I'm like, okay, now what? You know, in the beginning was like, all right, I, I was in this, this uh, as one of my friends say, 10x mode. I needed to do X, Y, Z. And I've had opportunities to move in those directions, right? Which takes time away from the actual podcast. And really when God is just saying, just, just talk, you know, it will do what it's supposed to do. And for me, there's, there's comfort in that. Right. It may bless a million people or it may bless one who will use what they've heard to bless a million people. I don't know. I don't know. 
All I know is that I've given God a plan. Now I'll see how he will direct my steps. But there's freedom in that surrender because I don't have to worry about it. I know people say, well, you got to work. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. Right. And then I'm, a, I'm just going to see where it goes. You know, when we do our own thing and things go wrong. You know, I know I did this. You know, I blame God. Right. Kind of like Adam blamed Eve. But that's why I'm big on the Bible, because when I read it through, I understood so much more. Right. And what I understood from that was God didn't say anything until Adam bit the apple. Right. When Eve bit the apple, God didn't say anything. But when Adam bit the apple, that's when God started to question them. Right. And personally, I think to give them a second chance if they owned up to it. Instead, Adam blamed Eve. That's entirely a different episode. So I'm going to rein it in. But just think if we have honestly, just think if we have the free will to destroy the earth and each other, then that means that we must have the free will to fix the earth and help each other. But we cannot do this as a group. This has to be done as individuals. You know, they want us to place ourselves in categories. You're this and you're this and you're this and you're this. I'm saying take ourselves out of those categories and do this, look in the mirror and do this as an individual. So just a little bit of homework, right? Each week there's something just to do, just to stay aware. So this week what I want you to do is write down that vision of yourself that you saw when you close your eyes and create a plan to get there. If you couldn't see it, what's stopping you, right? And I want you to keep trying until you do because it's definitely there. You just have to stay aware aware, and stay intentional. You know, we need you to solve that problem that only you were placed here to solve, no one else. So God wants you to find that purpose so you can be that confident person that you were meant to be, that you were born to be. You know, and everybody's not meant to be the CEO. That's not what I'm saying. But everybody is meant to have fulfillment and have happiness in life. And you find happiness when you're walking on that journey, when you're when you're doing the things that you're supposed to do. So we're going to go on this journey. Right. And it's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it and it will be necessary. And only few things in life are necessary. So you were placed in this generation to solve the problems that previous generations failed to solve. But first, we must know three things. Y'all know where I'm going. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? I'm Apollos. I was born to help you find your gift, understand your purpose, and create your vision to solve the problem that only you can solve. But the question is, who are you? Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week.